where his blood ran red so that we could be white as snow. That's what he did at the cross just for you and I. Did you know that? What a great thing. Uh, Mark, lead us in prayer, would you please, buddy, before we get started. We'll be in 1 Corinthians, if you want to turn there, 3 uh, will be the text, and like usually what happens sometimes on a Sunday morning, I'll eventually get there. At least that's the plan, I hope. I hope we get there at least before 12 o'clock. That's a, that'll be my goal. The title of the message is The Bema Seat of Christ. Well, what in the world is that? Well, you probably haven't heard a lot of messages on that because people don't just preach about that. But today you're going to find out what the Bema Seat of Christ is and or also called the Judgment Seat of Christ. Well, nobody wants to talk about judgment. Well, I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised when, you talk, when we talk about the Judgment Seat of Christ and, and what it is. So we'll get there. I'm reminding of a story of the of the kids who went to school and they were in the lunch line and at the head of the lunch line uh, was a table and the table had a big stack of apples on it if you would and as the kids were moving through there the the, the teacher who was monitoring the class uh, uh, the lunchroom there says make sure you only take one because God is watching as the line moves through and, and kids were coming down, at the other end of the line, there was another table. And it was, had a big stack of chocolate chip cookies. Okay? So as the line moved through, one of these little smart little guys that wrote a little note and put it on this end table where the cookies were, he said, take all you want because God's watching the apples. And I think sometimes, as Christians, that's how we live our lives. I think sometimes we don't really stop and think that, is God really watching us? Is God really listening to us? Does God really care, as believers, how we're really living our lives? Does He really care what we post on Facebook or on Instagram or what we like on those kinds of things or some of the things that we, we post? Does He really even see that kind of stuff. And I'm here to tell you today, he does. The truth of the matter is, he's watching the apples, and he's also watching the chocolate chip cookies, if you would. In, 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 the, in God's Word, we see this in Hebrews 4.13. He says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him, or eyes of God, with whom we must give an account one day. Did you know our actions, our works, our words, our deeds, our motivations, if you will, are all in a sense being recorded. 
And, and one day at the judgment seat of Christ for Christians, those items will be revealed where Jesus himself will judge the things that we've done and he will reward us or not for our works here on this earth. I believe that's why Paul, when he wrote in Colossians 3.17, he says this, Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do in word or deed, do what? In the name of Jesus. I think Paul understood that somewhere at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to give an account for those things that we did and those things that we spoke and the motivations that we had when we did those kinds of things. You know, I think, I think people uh, know that one day there's going to be some sort of a judgment. Uh, you're... A secular word kind of knows it. I mean, there's some, you know, there's movies about judgment day and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and I, believe, I believe Christians know there's going to be some sort of a judgment day. And I hope today that we're going to just kind of clear up the confusion, clear up the fake news, the, the disinformation about what the judgment seat of Christ is so that you and I will know exactly what God's word says about that day. And how that day can really be a great day for every believer. So that's, that's the goal today is clear up that kind of fake news, if you would, about what the judgment seat of Christ really is going to be. You know, some people believe that the judgment seat of Christ will be, will be the day of uh, the battle of Armageddon. You probably have heard that. That when, when Christ comes in the, from, from heaven above and he comes and he, and he zaps all of those uh, Satan's armies, if you would, and, and people say that is judgment day. No, it is not that judgment day. Some people will say, well, judgment day is, is the day that you die and, and you go to heaven and then you will figure out if God's really going to let you into heaven. And, and you've seen the cartoons, you've seen that kind of stuff where, where, where you've got, you've got uh, somebody dies and he, they go up to heaven and he's, they're standing in this real long line, if you would, and there's, there's Peter down at the other end of the line sitting there at the pearly gates and he's sitting at a, at a table and and first one comes up and they go, yep, you're in, and they come in. And, and then the next one goes, no, you're not in. You got you guys to leave. And you see that cartoon that, that Peter's trying to decide who gets in and who doesn't get in, if you will. That ain't scriptural. But people think that's the judgment day, and it's really not. Some people think judgment day is comes when, when, when one dies and we have to give an account for those sins that we commit after we have been born again. We've been born again, and now we live the rest of our lives, and, and we, we sin a few times, <laughs> a few times, and then, then we have to give an account for that, and that would be the judgment day. No. <laughs> nope. That's not judgment day. None of those three are biblical. None of those three are what the Bible says will be the judgment seat of Christ. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us there's going to be two judgment days, if you will. Not just one, two. The first one will be the judgment seat of Christ. And that's where all believers, no pretenders, no unbelievers, just truly born-again believers will gather and we will receive the rewards of the way we lived here on this earth. 
Okay? We have been born again, but sin will not be taken into consideration. The second judgment is the great white throne judgment. And I'm here to tell you today, ain't nobody want to be there. Ain't nobody got time for that. The great white throne judgment, and we will look at that next week, so that'll be a real popular, popular sermon next week, I think. <sighs> it is for unbelievers. It's for pretenders. It is for those who have rejected Christ in their lives. And at that point, at the great white throne judgment, will be consequences, will be rewarded for your consequences for rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You don't want to be at that one. So today, that's what we're going to look at today. This judgment seat of Christ, I believe, will happen right after the, right after the rapture when he calls all of us believers up to meet him in the heaven. That is when that will happen. And just a little over a thousand years past that will be the great white throne judgment. So the Bible talks about two judgments, and both of these judgments are based on your relationship to Jesus Christ. Whatever, however you decided, whatever you've done with Jesus in your life will determine which one of these two judgments you'll be in. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you'll be in the judgment seat of Christ where you'll be rewarded for your good works. If you've never done that, if you try to fool people and pretend that you have, but you really haven't, then you will be in the, in the great white throne judgment where the consequences of your rejection will not be pretty. We'll look at that next week. But today I want to just look at the judgment seat of Christ. The purpose of the judgment seat of Christ is not to condemn believers. It is not to condemn believers. You see, Psalms 103.12 says this way, As far as the east is from the west, God has removed our sins, our transgressions from us. The sins that we have committed in the past, in the present, and the future... You've been truly born again. You know where those are at? They're as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up again. Romans 8, 1 says, if anyone is in Christ, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with our sin. We are not condemned for our sin. We do not have to suffer the wrath of, of God's sin. Because you know what? When we accepted Christ as your Savior, those sins are all long gone. Because why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because we know that Jesus paid the price for, for every sin that you committed. That he has, he has suffered the wrath of God. He took the wrath of God upon himself so that you and I don't have to. You see, when, when he took our sin on a cross and we laid it there and he took it upon himself, he took our sin and gave us his righteousness. He made us righteous. And because of that, we never will have to pay for the consequences of our sin ever again. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That is good news. So at the judgment seat of Christ, it has nothing to do with sin. It has everything to do with our works. The second purpose of that is so that, that Jesus himself will be able to assess all those things that we did. And he will either reward us for those things, those deeds that we did, or he won't. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're all going to get there if we've truly been born again. 
so that each one may be recompensed or paid for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We all must appear. That word appear means to manifest. That, that word means to reveal. When we all are part of the judgment seat of Christ, it means that we're just not just going to show up. It means we're just not going to just be there. But our actions and our works and our words and our deeds and our motivations for what we do, the Bible says, will be revealed for all to see. I think at that point in time, we're going to find out just how much truly God loves us and how much truly God loves us and how much Jesus loves us. Because there's coming a day when that's going to be revealed, the good and the bad and the ugly of your life, of your actions, and you'll be rewarded for those kinds of things. The judgment seat of Christ is also called the Bema seat of Christ. And that's why I titled the message because I'm, and I was even talking to, to one of our, our guys today and he had, he had never heard that phrase, the Bema Seat of Christ. And all it is, it is another name for the judgment seat of Christ for all Christians. It comes from the Greek word that says throne or platform or raised up, if you would. And, it, and it's a picture of back in the day in, in, in Greece when they had the, the Greece Olympics, okay, and, and they would compete in the Olympics, and, and the, the king or the judge of the, of the Olympics, the head guy of the Olympics, would, would sit on this platform or this raised race throne, if you would and, he would, and he would reward the victors, and he would put the little crown that they had of, of whatever that was, and, and he would give them because of they were victorious. And it's a picture of what Jesus one day will do for you and I. When he sits on his throne, and he awards all true believers with a crown or crowns that we have earned in this lifetime. So you see, it, it makes sense. That's, so that's why it is called the Bema Seat of Christ. Because Jesus himself will be sitting on a platform rewarding us for the good that we have done. I don't know about you, but that can be very exciting. Who's going to be the judge at the judgment seat of Christ? Who's going to do that? We know from the very beginning, from Genesis, from the garden and Adam and Eve, when they fell. And you just read the Bible all through, through, through Revelation 22. There is this idea of judgment. And I know that's not a pleasant thought, but that's what the Bible says. There's this idea of judgment. And Jesus himself will reward us during that judgment period. In Ecclesiastes 12, 14, it said, God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Luke eight seventeen, Jesus says, Nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known to come to light. Well, that's kind of a sobering thought, isn't it? Romans two sixteen, Paul says, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. And in John five twenty two it says for not even the Father judges anyone, but has given all judgment into the Son, which is Jesus. Jesus is God. We know that. And as God, Jesus knows our every thought and our every action, everything that we have ever done. And in His infinite wisdom and His perfect love that He has, He will 
reward us or judge our works in a perfect manner without error, okay, without any error, without any partiality. You can't fool him, can you? 1 Corinthians 3 is where I want to get to now. And, and Paul gives us a description of the judgment seat of Christ. He, he's going to tell us what it is, and he's, he's going to illustrate this judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to compare it to building a building, if you would. And he's talking to Christians and how a Christian builds this building or builds their life, if you would. And as a Christian, we get to choose how we build our life. We get to choose the building materials, if you would, about how we want to live this life. So it is a picture of a construction site, if you would. And let's see what it, what it has to say. I want to start in verse 10, and we will, well, we'll end up finishing eventually in verse 15. Verse 10 says, according to the grace of God, which was been given to me. Like a wise master, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. And here's the part I want you to see. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. Okay, he's talking to Christians here. You must be careful how you build your life. Verse 11. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones... Wood, hay, or stubble, or wood, hay, and straw. I want us to just kind of stop right there. Then we'll keep going here in just a minute. What's the most important thing about a building as you build a building? It's the foundation. Without a strong foundation, that building very easily could fall. And Paul is saying here, for the believer, that foundation is nothing more than Jesus Christ. And we must build our life on the foundation that, that Jesus Christ is, is our Lord and our Savior. And, and, and he's telling us that we have the ability to have him as our foundation, if you would. But how are we going to build our lives? What are we going to build on? If we're going to build our lives on Christ's foundation, what materials are you and I using to build our life? And I believe Paul would tell us here, we have this choice. And the choice, I believe, is, is something like this. Are you building a life seeking God's will for your life? Are you building a life that is obedient to God's word? Are you building a life that says, I love you, God, more than anything in my life, and I also love other people? Are you building a life that says, I want my life to point people to Jesus? Are you building a life that says, I want my life to look more like Jesus' life? The things that I say, the way I act, the way I react, I want my life to be just like his life. Are you building a life that says, God, I need your strength. <laughs> I need your ability put into me. And God, the things that I do I want you to receive glory because of that. Father, I don't want to receive my own glory for the things that I do, but I want you to receive the glory. 
And when we build our lives on that foundation, and we build our lives that God is, is number one in our life, the Bible tells us we're building those lives with the building material of gold and silver and precious metals. That's what we're doing. And we have that choice to do that. We also have the choice as believers not to use those kind of building materials. We have the choice to say, yes, I've been saved. Uh, you hate to use the phrase fire insurance, but that's what some people think. But, but we're saved, yeah, but you know, I really don't want to seek God's will and everything. I'm, I'm a pretty smart, pretty smart person. I, I, I can figure this out. Or I can live a life that, that, you know, I'll obey some of those kind of things that God wants me to obey. But, you know, that idea of forgiving somebody, no, nah, I can't do that. I mean, that, that, I, nah, nah, not going to do that. You don't know what they did to me. Or, or you live a life that it's all about you and not about him. You live a life that says, I'm going to do stuff around the church. I'm going to do stuff around my neighborhood. And man, I sure hope somebody notices what I'm doing. I sure hope they see it. So, so man, I can get a little pat on the back or have, have, have the preacher say something nice about me in front of everybody. And then I can get a little glory and people will think I'd be something. And we live our lives doing things for, for the Lord, if you would. And it's all about how am I going to be seen Am I going to be seen to be spiritual? And we build our lives like that. And the Bible says when you're building your life like that, you are building with wood and hay and stubble that someday will all be burned out. We get to choose what foundation that we build on. You know, I was just thinking about this and not, not to pick on Jim back there, but uh, I'm going to anyway. Well, first of all, I'll say something nice about him first. Uh, uh, if you don't come to Sunday school, you are missing a treat. If you're an adult, you're missing a treat. I mean, he is teaching God's Word. I mean, it's no fluff. It's no stuff that somebody else has written. I mean, he is, he is giving it right out of God's Word. And man, if you want to grow in God's Word, man, I would suggest you come to Sunday school because he is, he's giving you the full load. I mean, he, he, he told me he went through three lessons today in, at, in, one, in one sermon, or one, one message, three, three of them. I said that's impossible for him. But as long-winded as he is, there's no way he could put three into one. But I encourage you to come. But anyway, the, the, the point I want to make is, it would be a shame for Jim or any of us that we were doing stuff for the Lord and doing around here and maybe building stuff or whatever we do in, in, in our lives. And, and for the last, you know, 80 years for Jim and, and a lot for a lot of us, um, we were doing all that for our own glory. Our motivations were just not right, that we were doing it just for ourselves. I see Clarence over there, all the good stuff that Clarence has done around here. And, and there's others. I don't want to leave anybody out, but just, you know, my point. And, 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 and at the end of time, we realized that the stuff that I did and stuff that you guys did, you know, it was for, right here, it's for me. And the Bible says when those things that you did, even if how great they were, but if your motivation wasn't right, if you weren't doing it for, for God's glory, but you were doing it for your glory, you know what's going to happen to all those good works that you've done? Poof, burned up. No rewards for that. Man, I can't imagine. I, I taught Sunday school for... Well, at least 40 years. 
I'm thinking, man, what a waste of time if I didn't do it in God's power and God's strength. What a waste because it means nothing. I want to encourage you to build your life on the things of God. Build your foundation on Jesus and, and, and build your life on those things that will last. What are some of those things that, God is, that Jesus will be looking for? When, when rapture happens and, and the judgment day comes for Christians and the beam of seed is here, what is he going to be looking for? Well, I'm going to give you four. I'm sure there's many more. But here are four things that he's going to be looking at. And I would just encourage you to evaluate your own heart, evaluate your own motivations, and see how you fall under the, at least these four. The first one I think you would say, how faithfully have you served Christ? How faithfully have you served Christ? And there's those verses there. We're not going to read those verses. How faithfully did you serve Christ? The second one says, how faithfully did you obey the Great Commission? You know, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And you go, wow, man, that's, you, know, you know, he hadn't called me to be no missionary. You know, I hadn't gone no foreign country, you know. Okay, that's cool. Maybe he didn't. That's fine. But he's called every one of us to do what? He's called every one of us to pray for missionaries. He's called every one of us to give to help promote missionaries, to support them financially. But you know, he's also told us to do what? You might not be able to go to Zimbabwe, but you can go to your neighbor across the street. You can go to a family member that uh, needs Jesus. And you can tell them the good news of Jesus that's going into all the world and making disciples. See, we, we all, none of us can escape that. And one of the things I think Jesus will be looking for is that how, how well did you, did you do faithfully serve that great commission? I think a third thing he'd be looking for is how victorious are you over sin? And there's some verses there. How victorious are you over sin? Are we living perfect lives? No, none of us can live perfect. Even after, even after we've been born again, we can't live a perfect life. Yeah, we're going to sin. But does sin dominate your life? Does sin, is sin have just victory over you? And you just, you know, when you're tempted, you just go, oh, yeah, I give up. You got me. Or do we fight back against the sin? Do we call upon, upon Jesus to help us when temptation comes? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that we have the power to resist. He says, well, I'll even give you a back door, if you would, to escape. How victorious have you been over sin? And the fourth one there, if you probably have already read it. <laughs> How faithfully have you controlled your tongue? James 3. How faithfully have you controlled your tongue? Are you speaking about Christ in your life? Are you speaking about other stuff? Are you speaking of other people? Are you judging other people? He's going to be looking for those kinds of things on the judgment seat of Christ. I'm sure there's others, but there's just four. And the Bible says in verse uh, 13, it says, Each man work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. 
It says, one day, the quality of your work, the, the materials that you did to build your life on the foundation of Christ as believers, will, will be tested by fire. And, I, and I, I, I'm not sure what kind of fire that will be. But I know this in, in Revelations 1.14. It says this. It's talking about Jesus. And he says, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And I just wonder, and I just imagine when he, when he looks at our works and our deeds and our actions and our motivations, and he sees that in the, his eyes of flame, I think we'll immediately either burn it up or reward you for what that, what's going to happen at that time. You know, he is the faithful judge. He is the perfect judge. In his wisdom and his love, he will be impartial without any error. In verse, in verse 14, we read these words. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. He will receive a reward. You want to receive a reward, you build on gold, silver, and precious metals. If any man's, in verse 15, if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You don't lose your salvation through that. You can't lose your salvation through that. But he says those things that we did in our own strength, and our own ability, for our own glory, I believe the gaze of, of Christ's eyes will burn all that up. And we won't suffer loss of salvation. We'll just suffer a loss of reward. Okay, which could be a problem. You know, he gives us opportunities all the time to to live the Christian life, to shed a light for, for Jesus. We have all these opportunities. I'm reminding of a, reminded of a story that I read about a, a tale, if you would. And the tale was, <clears throat> there were three guys traveling through the desert at night, and they were riding camels and kind of minding their own business, you know. And, and uh, all of a sudden, they, they hear this voice. And this voice says, Get off your camels and pick up pebbles. And he said, pick these pebbles up and put them in your pockets. And he said, in the morning, in the morning, you'll be happy and you'll be sad if you do that. So they got off their camels and went over and picked up some pebbles and stuck them in their pockets and kept riding through the night. Well, the sun started coming up. Okay, sun came up. And they go, you remember that voice that we heard? They go, yeah, 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 I remember that. Well, let's see what we got. So they stuck their hands in their pockets. And there wasn't any pebbles. But there was diamonds. They thought there was pebbles, but no, there was diamonds, valuable diamonds, if you would. And you go, you know, you know I, I, man, I'm happy for these diamonds, but you know, I wish I'd have picked up a few more and put them in my pockets. Man, I wish I just had. That's a story that illustrates 
us at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you know that? God has given us so many opportunities to tell somebody. He's given us so many opportunities to do something in His name. He's given us so many opportunities to to help somebody. And we have a lifetime of opportunities. And we kind of pick those opportunities up and as pebbles and we put them in our pocket. And when the judgment seat of Christ comes one of these days, we're going to put our hands in those pockets and we go, wow, those are diamonds. I wish I'd have picked up a few more. When Christ rewards us on that judgment seat of Christ, I can promise you, I am so happy for the diamonds that I've got in my pocket, if you would. But I sure wish I'd have picked up a few more. I sure wish I'd have done something for so-and-so. I wish my motivations were a little bit different than what they were. Yeah, I I was supposed to love, but I didn't want to love, but I did it anyway. Uh, No. The Bible says, love without hypocrisy. Judgment seat of Christ. Wouldn't it be a shame? Wouldn't it be a shame in the judgment seat of Christ that when the eyes of fire from Jesus looks at your building materials and he puts the test of fire on the things that you do and it all is wood, hay, and stubble and that fire goes what? Poof. And there's no reward. What a great thing it will be when he puts the fire to, to you, your actions. And you go, man, looky there. Looky there. Gold, silver, precious metals. The fire does not affect those. That's when you know you've built your foundation on Christ and you built your life doing the things that please him and the things that he's asked us to do. What a great reward. You see, the Bible talks about rewards it talks about crowns. You've heard, well, there's another star in my crown. Well, yeah, kind of maybe. I don't know. But, you know, he's going to give us, some of us will get a victor's crown. Did you know that? That's pretty cool. Some of us will get a crown of rejoicing, the Bible says. Some will give us a, 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 a crown of righteousness. That's a big good one. Some, some will get a crown of life. Some will be given a, a crown of glory, the Bible says. And, and we might get one, we might get two. I don't know how he's going to reward us. I don't know. But those are some of the crowns that the Bible says he's going to give to us. I don't know about you, but I would love to have some of those. I would love to be, as I nail before my Savior, and he puts that crown on top of my head. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Here is your crown. Here is your crowns. Here is your crowns, Don. <sighs> well done, good and faithful servant. You lived a life that pleased me. You lived a life that was obedient to me. And I get these crowns. Wow. What a great thing. But you know what I'm going to do with those crowns? I'm not going to strut around heaven. Look at me. I got three crowns on my head. Huh? You know what I'm going to do with those crowns? You know what you're going to do with those crowns? You're going to take those crown of reward that he's given to you, and you're going to place them at the feet of Jesus. And say, here's 
my crown. Jesus. Why would I do that? Because see, I am not there in heaven without him. I'm not there. And I am so thankful for what he did on the cross for me. I'm so thankful that he loved me, that he gave me his grace, that he paid my sin debt. How dare I keep my own crown because I'm there only because of what he did on the cross. Nothing about what I did. And I'm going to return and give those crowns back to him. And all I'm going to say is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Judgment seat of Christ can be a great thing for a believer. Did you know that? It can be a great thing for a believer. When you build your life on the foundation of Christ, and as you build the walls of your, your house, you're building out of gold and silver and precious metals, which will last for an eternity. What a great thing. The Bible says he won't forget what you've done in his name. The works and the love that you have shown to his name, he will never forget. What a great thing. I hope today that you will find encouragement in the message. I hope today you will start thinking about God really does see the apples and the chocolate cookies. That he really does see what goes on in your life. He sees your actions. He sees your works. He sees your words. He sees your deeds and he sees your motivations. Don't you want him to say one day, good job, good and faithful servant. So I pray today that you will just evaluate your life. If you've been living and building your life on the things of this old world, the wood, hay, and stubble, if you would, I can tell you it's not too late. I can tell you it's not too late. You're saved. You're bound for glory. But he says, I want you to build, live your life for my glory and not yours. You can be 80 years old, and I'm telling you, you can start today building a life out of gold and silver. It's not too late. I would encourage you to do that as we begin the invitation time, Trish. I'm going to ask you just to evaluate yourself, evaluate your life. What building materials are you building with? If you're not building with gold, silver, and precious metals... I would encourage you to do that, Christian. If you're building with wood, hay, and stubble, Christian, that needs to change. So as the piano plays, uh, invitation time, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Do business with, with Holy God. That conviction you might be feeling in your heart, that is conviction from the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you to do what God tells you to do. You might even ask him to change your heart if you need to, to make him your number one priority. As the piano plays, do business with God.
altars are open if you want to use them. What are you building your life on? God, we just want to thank you again for the other opportunity to come and gather in your house today, God. Father, I thank you for these that have come, that took the time other days to, to come to worship you and come to praise you. Father, I pray that uh, you will just reveal to us what we need to know about building our lives on your foundation, God. Father, I pray that, uh, that if there's hearts that need to be changed and, and the motivations and the things that to do, Father just, Father, just change those, God, if you would, please. Father, we, just, uh, we want to be a people, God, that, that builds our life, the walls of our life, God, with, with gold and silver and precious metals, those things that give you glory and honor, God. And Father, if those that are not doing that, if they're, they're building their lives on something else, God, it's not too late to change. Father, motivate us, encourage us to be those kinds of people that, that we want to be obedient to you, that we want to seek you, God, that we want to point other people to you, Father. That we will live a life that looks more like Christ's life. Father, we thank you for that. We ask for that, God. We want that in our lives, God. So, Father, I pray that we will be a people that love you first and love others second. Father, as we look forward to that, that great judgment day, it's not a day of something to be uh, dreaded or feared, God. It is something, it's an, it should be an exciting time for every believer as we are, will be rewarded for those things that we've done in your name. Father, I thank you for that. Father, those things that we said today, I pray that you would just burn them onto our heart, that we now understand what the judgment seat of Christ is, the Bema seat, God. And Father, help us to understand that and know it no matter what the world tells us. Uh, we know what that is, and it is just for your, your, your children, God, the born again. Father, we love you. Thank you. Be with us this week. Thank you for bringing us back uh, to your church, God. We, we pray for your hedge of protection around us, God, uh, as we travel this old world. Father, in your name, we pray in your precious name. We ask these things.